Hi, everybody. This is Lee Daniel and my co-host, Allison Reiner, and this is not legal advice. And today we have a lovely guest with us, Wendy, and I don't want to mispronounce your last name. How do you pronounce your last name? Wendy? Otwell. Otwell? Otwell. Otwell. Okay. Otwell. And so what we're going to talk about today is um, Wendy had a health crisis and still through that decided that the best thing for her would be to get divorced. So Wendy, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. And I like to share my story because I hope it helps other people who may be in the situation. And if it can prevent someone from having a health crisis because you're in a bad marriage or a bad situation, um, that's always my goal. Um, professionally, I'm a chef, so I have a high stress job. I was in a really not so great marriage. Um, I had two little kids. I was working, you know, 16 hours a day. And then I was living away from home. So I would come back on the weekends, clean the house, make food for the week, throw out the food that I'd made the week before because they were all eating takeout, help the kids with their homework, and then go back. So it was a very stressful time in my life. And my, you know, my, our marriage was really bad already. And that's one of the reasons I took a job away to try and get a little space to think and to, you know, and I, and I did throw myself into work to avoid dealing with it. My husband at the time was an alcoholic and he had an opioid addiction. He had, um, he'd gotten hurt at work. And so then he decided he wasn't going to work anymore. <laughs> So it was financially stressful, but I think what I want to tell people is you kind of already know if a, if a situation is good for you or not, your body will tell you, you know, in the back of your mind, but I think we do convince ourselves, especially women. Oh, it'll be okay. It'll work itself out. I can change this. I can fix this. Um, there's only so much fixing you can do before it's not your problem anymore, but it becomes part of your life. Wow. Yeah. So I, that's profound. Yeah. Um, looking back, I, I think, what was I thinking, <laughs> you know, staying in the situation for so long, but I felt like, okay, here we were, we had two kids and every time I planned to leave or had enough money, something would happen. You know, we were always in financial straits, even though we made good money, we were, we were always broke. Um, so I think there are a lot of things you need to think about if that's your situation. And I feel like a lot of women get in that situation, you know, where they feel like they can't leave. I know my mother did not leave my father. He was an abusive man as well mm-hmm. um, because she did not think that she could financially support us. Mm-hmm. I stayed because I did not want to be like my sister who worked three jobs and had three little kids um, and was a single mom and never saw her kids. I thought, well, that's no kind of life. So you know, there are lots of factors on why women stay and they're very personal, but I do want to stress if you know, you're in a bad situation, you are playing Russian roulette with your health, you know? So there's only so long of a time that you're going to go before your body tells you, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) So Allison um, has been a relationship coach and worked with lots of women and maybe some men I don't know um that have you seen that Allison as well I mean have you seen it impact health when the relationship has gone south I was thinking as as you were talking Wendy I had two clients pop into my mind 
one who has a very, very similar story to you in, um, in as much as uh, not an abusive husband, but uh, alcohol and uh, drug dependent husband that she stayed with and stayed with because, because she felt bad, because she knew the lifestyle he would have if she wasn't maintaining him. Mm. Um, that, you know, that was one of her go-to factors. And, and I've got uh, other clients who have had serious self health issues, you know, breast cancer, as I'm, I'm sure you're going to talk about a little bit in a moment. And, you know, and when we look back on it, it comes from the stress that we put ourselves under, doesn't it? It, it comes exactly from that, you know, that we, what we're doing to our minds, we're also doing to our bodies. And if our mind isn't quick enough to tell us, okay, enough, our bodies will surely show up and do it for us somehow. Um, and, you know, luckily you're, you're here to tell us how you recognize those, uh, those telltale signs and did something about it and help everyone else move in the same direction. So many of us just keep pushing and pushing and pushing through it. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to hear what else you've got to say, Wendy, because it is so easy. We were talking before, you know, about uh, my mini health issue. And it was exactly that it wasn't relationship related, but pushing and pushing and pushing, even though my brain was telling me no. And eventually my body said, stop. So, so yeah, great, um, great topic, Wendy. So what I want to know is how you made the correlation, because I have clients, I recently had a client who had so many health problems. I mean, she was in a walker. She um, was morbidly obese. She was so unhealthy. And, and I, I said to her, because she told me about how her, her, how horrible her marriage was when her husband had a complete double life. He had, he was living with somebody else in another state, another man in another state had an entirely different life from her. And when, and she discovered she kind of knew, but she didn't know. And, and I looked at her and I said, cause she was talking about how am I going to make it all my health problems. And I said, don't you see that this has yeah. contributed, but she just didn't see, she just, you know, how did you make that correlation that all of what was going on in your personal life was, was causing this? You know, I was very fortunate in that I grew up with um, two aunts and, and a stepmother who were self-help book junkies. <laughs> so I was reading um, Chapra and, and Louise Hay, you know, in my teens and in my early 20s. So I already knew the impact of, of your thoughts on your body. And I think that probably made it a little bit worse because I felt guilty because I did know the difference. Um, so what happened is I had been working like probably over a six month period. I'd been working all these hours, you know, and back and forth and in this situation. I already had a bad situation before that. Um, I woke up one morning and I, I tell people this because I don't even believe it. I woke up one morning and I was in the shower. It's 3 a.m. getting ready to go to work. And there was a lump in my breast, the size of a golf ball that wasn't there the day before. Wow. Um, and absolutely. I'm like, and I knew, you know, I was like, oh my, and you know, it's shock. You feel again, you know, you do everything, you know, like you're supposed to do. And you're like, whoa, 
is this really here? You know, uh, it is, it's a shock to the system. And immediately I'm like, oh my gosh, I've done this to myself. Um, I still wanted to work. I picked up the executive chef. I was the executive sous chef whose car broke down on the way to work. I picked him up and, you know, it's funny because it's not funny, but it was odd because he had just lost his mother to cancer, um, wow. maybe three or four months before this and maybe longer than that. So he immediately understood because I told myself, Jason, I, I woke up and there's, I got a lump in my breast. And he knew the situation I was in, you know, about with, with my husband and, and everything. Um, he's like, go do whatever you need to do. I said, well, I'm going to work through today. I need to call my doctor, get an appointment. And luckily I was able to get in the next day. Um, but it was funny because we told the general manager at the time and he's like, oh, I don't need to know your personal business. That's, that's more than I need to know. I'm like, no, I don't think you understand. Mm. This is a big deal and it's going to impact our business. Right. Um, he, he just thought it was a personal issue and I should take care of it. Yeah. He was another great person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stick your head in the sand. I had a lot of those people during, during my journey that really, they did. Um, it was funny because I talked a lot about what I was going through when I was going through this. And I had people come out of the woodwork that I'd known for years who came to me and said, I went through this too. I don't talk about it because it's like a blur to me. I didn't really want to have to deal with it. Um, and I think that's, um, that's a common thing, you know, rescue me, just fix me. And then I'm going to move on with my life. That's why I still tell my story to people because even though this is, you know, nine years ago that this happened, um, if you go so long with the stress in your body and not changing your outlook and your, your, what you're doing with your life, you know, you can guarantee your outcomes are not going to be great or they're going to repeat themselves in a different way throughout your body later on. Um, the parasympathetic nervous system, if you leave that on, if you're in fight or flight all the time, it doesn't turn off by itself anymore. You have to do a lot of work. And that's where I started. So how did you um, do that? Because I, I, I immediately, I went, <laughs> we need to do that. Exactly. Yeah. I need that information. Yeah. Well, it wasn't first what I did. Okay. I went to the doctor. I decided I was going to do two things. I was going to do the normal, you know, allopathic method, but I was also going to do some complimentary things. And I wasn't sure how I felt about doing anything radical. Um, but also part of me was the workaholic and I'm like, okay, let's just get this done. So I went in and I had the mammogram and the ultrasound. He's like, oh, you know, and I went to the doctor who I had like my whole adult life. And he's like, you know, Wendy, I think you've just lost a lot of weight lately. And you're at the age, I think it's just a fibrous adenoma. It doesn't look like cancer to me. I think it'll be fine. So my immediate reaction was, wow, dodged a bullet. He said, great, remove it. Let me go back to work. <laughs> and that's what I did. So about a week later, he calls me and he's in tears. He's like, it's, it's cancer. He's cancerous. He goes, I, I didn't even think that it would be, he goes, especially you're so healthy. You eat well, you know, you've got an active lifestyle. Um, he's like, but there are traces of cancer in this. So we, um, I had to think for a few minutes. I immediately quit my job. I, I didn't even think twice about that. I moved back home for a while. My husband was super supportive. 
you know, um, later on, and I'll tell you part, this part of the story later, it ended up being, it was all about him. Um, and it still is about him <laughs> in some ways. We so, know a lot about people like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he turned it, you know, he, and, and um, really it was a, oh, poor me, my wife is dying kind of thing. So anyway, yeah, I decided I'm like, okay. It's so common. It's so common. This, this reaction uh, is yeah, almost every second person we talk to, that's the reaction that, uh, that the, the partner or a close family member yeah. has. Odd. Yeah, it wasn't just him. Yeah. Yeah. Attention. Yeah. It, it was not, I was shocked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because my mindset was, I've got this. If anybody can do this, it's me. I'm a health food chef. I know, you know, I know all the my body connections. I can do that. I was convinced. I was, I was just, I was like, okay, I got this. No worries. I'm just going to do it. But I also had two little kids who were being told their mother was dying. Oh. And that if I didn't do all these things, yeah. So oh. I had a lot of different things going on, not just with me, but the dynamics. And I really wanted my kids to have as much normalcy as I could provide during that time. Um, so I did opt to have a double mastectomy. I did opt to do the chemotherapy, but I refused radiation and I refused the tamoxifen because I knew I could come back from the chemo. But I didn't know if nutritionally I could counteract the radiation effects. Um, but I also had like, you know, I had a, a big, huge nutritional background in this where I don't think most people would have felt comfortable with this. So it's a very personal choice. I will tell you, I fared just as well, if not better than the people who did radiation and tamoxifen because I was part of a clinical trial. So, and of course you um, knew all about that Louise Hay. You knew about, I can heal, you can heal your life, right? You knew that you could heal. And so did you start changing your thoughts? I mean, because- Absolutely, that's that's where I went next. Yeah, so I looked up what was, and it was my left breast. So I looked up, what does it mean? You know, and it's like lack of nurturing, hardness. I'm like, well, there you go. I have hardened my stance to everything around me, threw myself into work and did not take care of myself one bit. And Oh yeah, you do. You push through, you push through, you push through. And I was still pushing through to some degree. Um, but what I started doing is I started doing yoga every day. I started walking every day or bicycling. I did meditation every single day. Um, at the time I was doing some guided meditations through, I think that's right about the time Oprah and Deepak started doing the free meditations. Mm-hmm. And so and I didn't have much money. So I was doing as many free meditations as I could download. Um, I was doing positive affirmations. I was just doing, and I, I started juicing. I actually did take the money. Um, they did a little fundraiser for me. I took that money and I went down to Creative Health Institute, um, which is kind of a Gerson-based institute. And I only stayed there for a couple of days because I didn't agree with some of the things they were doing. I just needed that time away. I needed to like, do a detox, a total cleanse, but not just of my bodily systems, but of my mind too. Yeah. I felt like I really needed to get my mind straight. Well, how um, old were your kids? You mentioned a couple of times you had little kids. How old were they when you were going? Well, I think my daughter Madison was probably 11, 11 or 12. Um, and then my son, he's two and a half years older than her. 
So, you know, they were young teens. I, I want to say my son was maybe a freshman in high school and my daughter was in seventh grade, somewhere around there. Um, and no, my son was almost 16 because I had already planned out his 16th birthday party, which was the end of September. And I actually had to go to my oncologist and say, okay, I'm, I'm starting chemo this day. I said, but I've read that I'm going to lose all my hair by, you know, the second week. She's like, yeah, you will. And I said to her, I said, can you put me off a couple of weeks because I'm throwing this huge birthday party for my son, his 16th birthday party. Like I said, I want to do as many normal things for them as I could. And did I they, said, did, do you, did you talk to them later about um, if they felt the tension and, and then happiness between you and your husband? We always talked about that. Um, even before this happened, because I wanted open communication because he was an alcoholic. You couldn't hide it. You know, we hid it well from other people as much as we could, but you know, if friends came over to stay the night or things like that, you know, we had to always maneuver around that. Um, so we had a, a very open communication throughout this whole thing. You know, I know that they were very scared. I didn't know how much they were being told, oh, your mom's not gonna make it. We're gonna be on our own kind of thing um, until afterwards, you know. Uh, the day before, well, the week before I went to have my mastectomies, we took a, a little mini vacation, like a long weekend up at up in Oscoda, Michigan at a cabin. And um, I had the friends, their kids bring their friends, you know, it was a great time. You know, we went out kayaking and, and doing all sorts of things. And I was, they were out fishing and I was actually grilling some things outside. And the owners of the cabin came over and I'll never forget this. And the lady said to me, she goes, I just want to give you so much credit. You know, you're so upbeat with all this going on because they knew our situation. We had told them. Um, she goes, I want to tell you a story. She goes, I had this girlfriend who also had breast cancer and she didn't know her husband was going around telling everybody she was dying. She went to go to the bank and he had withdrawn all the money and told the bankers that, you know, she was practically dead and he wanted to open her own, his own account. No, it's terrible. She's like, she's like, she immediately um, divorced him. They didn't have any kids. She's like, you know, I took. I don't know, three months or so. She's like, she she divorced him, finished her treatment. She goes, she went through a bunch of alternative therapies like you're doing. She's like, and um, she's lived happily ever after. And she kept telling me that story every time we were alone. So I kind of knew he was saying something to them, <laughs> you know? Um, and I'm just grateful that she, she took the time to tell me that because that's the day I decided I was leaving him was when she told me that story. It sounds like you had lots of, Nudges from the universe. Nudges, right. yeah. I was absolutely these, like the guy in the car. Yeah. Or, or, or and then uh, your neighbor. I mean, not the neighbor. The that per you had, you know, signs from the universe, right? I tell people if you're not listening to the signs from the universe, they're gonna start throwing coconuts at your head, and <laughs> breast cancer was <laughs> you. If you're not doing what you need to be doing your own self yeah the universe will tell you and you will break down somewhere you know whether it's mentally or physically or you know creating bad habits or or patterns so i think you you know if you can live your whole life listen to those little nudges listen to that inner voice within you you know if you're in a bad marriage 
start looking at your options and make plans. I think women don't ever make plans. We just leave. <laughs> you know? um, I, I, I tell people also get a good lawyer. I was talked out of having a lawyer at all. We actually lived apart for a number of years after that, when I left before we got divorced. Um, I wanted to keep the health insurance just in case something happened. He wanted the yeah. tax right off. You know, I wasn't dating anybody. So we did. And it, it was just a bad situation. I looking back, I'm like, what was I thinking? You know, that was not worth it at all. So then we got to the point where, you know, I'm like, okay, we just, we just need to get divorced. You know, you're, you're seeing somebody else. It's not good for the kids and we just need to make it legal. And, um, it was bad because he convinced me. He's like, well, then we don't need to have you get a lawyer. We'll just use the lawyer that I've always had for my workers comp and, and this, that, and the other. And they talked me out of doing anything for his pension anything, you know, I, I really, I walked away with a little bit of money that I already had spent. Um, and that was it, you know, but in hindsight, I'm like, you know what, that's okay. Because now it's a clean break. I don't have him bitching. Oh, she's, she took me for the cleaners or whatever. If anything, it was the opposite. He got most everything. Do you think that was guilt related? Yes, absolutely. You know, I think that, um, you know, again, like he, like Allison said earlier, he's still in that situation. He's still the same person, if not worse, um, just with somebody else, <laughs> you know? So I, I worried that he would not, you know, be okay. Whereas I knew I could work. I was young. I still had my whole life ahead of me. You know, I'm like, I just talked it up to, well, you know, I, I sacrificed enough. It's not worth being in this turmoil anymore, but there is definitely guilt. You know, definitely go feel that I, you know, he told people that I left my children because they were in school there and I moved, you know, like 35 miles away, but I also had bedrooms for them. They came and stayed with me, you know, whenever they wanted to, you know, so, um, yeah, it was, it was a rough situation. How did you deal with, because this is something that comes up, you know, there are so many stories that we've got in our heads, so many, uh, mm -hmm. thoughts that come up, like, what will people say? Will people think I'm selfish? Will people think, uh, judge me badly? How, when those came up for you, what, how did you organize your thoughts and how did you move through them? I would say that's what kept me there for so long. Um, yeah. I actually had a couple things happen. Um, one time, you know, he was not faithful to me and everybody knew it. Um, one time I was at a family gathering, his family, and he came in and, you know, everyone knew he had been, spent the weekend with his other person. And um, his mother looked at me and he just was mean to me. The minute he walked in, I mean, I had the baby in my hands. Madison had just been born. And, uh, you know, and everybody just kind of looked at me like, are you going to put up with this? And his mother looked at me and she goes, you know, sometimes you just know when it's time to go and nobody will blame you. And that kind of freed me in a lot of ways, you know, um, that his own mother would say that. Bye. But I would say, yeah. you know, I had other family members who were like, oh, no, you need to stay. You know, you'll be in a bad situation financially. Um, actually, after I left, I got a job that I made more money than I ever made my whole entire life. I Everything just opened up for me, you know, and it just kind of reiterated that choice that I made was a positive one for my own good health. Mm -hmm. But it was scary. It was absolutely scary. I, you know, luckily I have an aunt who helped me. You know, two hands who helped me, you know, financially and emotionally through the whole thing. The kids were wonderful about it. You know, um, we had our ups and downs, 
you know, but they, they saw me doing well and they saw that their father had not really progressed. And that's, that's made a difference, you know, but you do, you have to, you have to mentally frame it and you have to prepare yourself and it's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. So, so there are going to be people listening um, to your story saying, ah, yeah, she's the lucky one because we, we do, you know, we, we always see the, the, the um, positive stories as a one-off rather than that can happen for all of us. What would you tell anybody that's sitting listening and saying that would never happen to me because I'm unlucky or my, you know, it, everything always goes wrong for me because, you know, when we're in that place of absolute fear and we feel like our backs are against the wall and we've got nowhere to turn. It's really difficult to, to find that positive um, hope for the future and believe that they can end up, they can have what you've got. So what would you, what would you tell anyone? That I would tell them I was in your, I would say I was exactly in your space. I thought, oh my God, this is my life. This is it. There's nothing I could do about it. I, you know, I'm stuck till the kids are grown and then I'm going to be too old to do anything. I actually put myself through culinary school while I had two kids and while in this bad marriage, um, you know, because I realized I, I had dropped out of college before we got married. Um, I had realized I really had no chance of doing anything if I didn't get an education, you know, so I, I bit the barrel on that and I finished it. You know, <laughs> I think if you can do some positive things for yourself and it's the little things you could do for yourself you know, the positive self-talk, listen to things at night and, you know, as you're going to bed or, or anything that you can do that's positive and surround yourself by positive supportive people, not people. I would say I do have a friend who I kind of had to distance myself from who had been through something similar, but she was so negative and it was all about money and, and this, that, and the other. And I just found that when I was with her, we were going on and on and on about how bad our lives were. And I thought, Ooh, this is not productive for me. You know, we're still friends, but we're not as close friends as we used to be. So I think that, you know, there's also cancer survivor guilt and got out of a bad marriage guilt. Um, I have a wonderful, fabulous husband now and my life is so great. I look back, I barely remember um, how, how I made it through. So your life can change in an instant. Your life can change with a phone call. Your life can change instantly. So I hope that more women and people, not just women, um, look to how they want to live their lives, what they can do to achieve that goal. Cause it is, it is baby steps. You know, um, like I said, some, some people do walk out the door and leave. Some people end right back up in the same situation because they're not prepared, yeah. you know, um, do what you can to do to prepare. And, and I'm just an everyday person. I'm not anybody special. Every single person has the power to be positive in their own mind. Everybody can turn their lives around. Um, I've met people who have been way worse situations than me who've done amazing things. It, um, when I see people that come in and they're so hesitant to get divorced, they're scared, yeah. they, they just think it's the end of the world. And I've always been a big proponent of leaving the unhappy marriage. You know, I don't put <laughs> any bones yeah. about it. You need to leave <laughs> because I can, I just want people to be happy. And so if somebody comes in and tells me, I mean, sometimes one lady came in and she said, well, he doesn't hit me that often. And I said, what? You know, I'm going crazy. Yeah. 
But he doesn't hit you that often. <laughs> Don't you see that that's not okay? Because people become so acclimated, just like your husband cheating on you. You know, and people become really desensitized to the fact that this is not okay. Yeah. And they just keep yeah. living it because they get Absolutely. used to it. And then yes, I'm there, you know, saying you've got to get divorced. And my mother, I know Allison knows this, says I do the devil's work because she's she's always <laughs> believed you shouldn't get divorced. But, um, she, you know, now she acknowledges, well, sometimes it's good. And I'm like, mother, I just can't believe yeah. that God would want people to live in misery. You know? Yeah. And, and it's not just, it's not just women. I have a, a client who he's had two strokes and his wife talks to him so terribly. I mean, she's mm -hmm. so, so mean to him. And, and I'm sure that the strokes have something to do with living in this kind of toxicity yeah, for so long. I mean, the yeah. poor guy can hardly keep his, you know, his mind straight yeah. when he talks. Yeah. Sad. Yeah, you know, and I, I was thinking, you know, when because you're so clear, and of course you you're a little distant from the yeah. from being in the middle of it now, and it's you know it's easy to look back, and it sounds super positive, and I but I've got no doubt that when you were going through it, it was incredibly difficult. It was incredibly it was. Uh, tough to keep that positive mindset, that positive, you know. I don't need to know what's going to happen next. I just need to do the right next thing yeah. in this moment. And this is, yeah. you know, it's the biggest thing, you know, that I, I had a, a client last week and I was, you know, everything I said, it was, but, 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 uh -huh. and I said, you know, I can't, I can't take you anywhere if, you know, if every time I open my mouth, it's, but, because it means you're so closed, you're not prepared to take a chance on anything. It's got to be your way or no way. And we can't, you know, we, we can't change anything in that mindset. Right. We don't know what's going to happen. We never know what's going to happen. Even when we've planned it to the nth degree, we don't know <laughs> yeah. how it's going to, to end up. But we, we do know that if we take steps forward, something's going to change and it's always going to be for the better. It might be one step back, two steps forward, but it's always going to be better than staying here. But, you know, if, but, but if you're in that place where, but is the only thing that goes around here, but, but if I do this, this could happen. But if I do this, that could happen. It's really difficult to get out of it. So to know that I'm sure you were there, you had the butts going on, but you, you pushed through it anyway. And look at you now, look at that the smile, the face, the confidence, the, that you can see the ease with which you you live your life, just looking at you talking mm -hmm. and telling your your story, that you know for, for me that's the thing that jumps out, just the ease at which you you turn up and you're willing to share what you went through, without jumping up and down saying look how good my life is now, but it's <laughs> obvious that your life is is good now. It's obvious that you're you're happy, you're content, and you're at peace with yourself more than anything. Yeah. And so I would say now, Wendy, do you teach people? I mean, tell me, tell I me. I do, you know, it, it changed so much in my life. Um, my, and I really, I, it's hard as a chef. I have a hard time. I'll go and get a job and I'll be like, I'm not okay with this because the food's not healthy. So I'm, I'm, I'm transitioning now my work to be more, and I've done private chefing, um, before the pandemic, um, where I really, I do, I help people who are maybe newly diagnosed with something 
learn how to cook. You know, they've met with a dietitian, they go home, they don't know what they're doing. They're really overwhelmed. So I'll come in and give them private cooking lessons in their own kitchen because it's them doing their own things that understand it better. Um, or I've made meals for people who, you know, have certain things and they just, they're busy. They don't have time. They're, you know, they're like, I need to be eating this, this, and this, you know? So I focused more on that lately. Um, and, and now I'm kind of transitioning into what do I want to do next? But I did, I lived in those, butt scenarios for years and years and years. Um, and that's where I would say, you know, those thoughts that, that, um, that denseness, you know, manifests itself somewhere mm -hmm. in your body with your thoughts, you know, or, or, you know, it, it, unless you're doing things to expunge it and get over, you know, past those hurdles, you know, and everybody has butt moments, everybody has butt years, everybody, you know, I have, I have friends who are very successful who, who have mental breakdowns all the time, you know, and that's okay, you know, because it means we're taking yeah. on too much stuff and you need to stop. You know, yes. just yes. for a minute and, and regroup. You know, like you said, we just push, 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 especially chefs. We um not only in our, our working lives, but in our professional lives, we are doers, we are pushers, we are like, well, why isn't this clean? Why didn't you clean that glass? It just takes two seconds, you know. We're um crazy like that because that's how we're trained. It's almost like a military training. Um talk about synchronicity. I'm opening in a restaurant. I didn't even, I don't think I even knew you were a chef. And so when you <laughs> said that I was like, Oh, thanks universe. There you go. Cause I've been reading, yeah. I've been reading books about, um, restaurants and restauranteurs every single night for hours, but it's a big business. Yeah. There's a lot of components to it. So, yeah, yeah. I know. but I'm trying to focus more on plant-based and, yeah. and healthier options for people. Um, which is hard as a chef because because even though that's a trend right now, there's not a lot of people doing it. Um, there's uh, not a lot of people paying very much money for high-end chefs to do it. But yeah. I have hope. You know, 11, I think it's, what, there's a few high-end restaurants that as they're opening, they're opening plant-based. So I'm like, yes, people are getting it. People are getting the correlation. We need to be more sustainable with our environment, with our bodies, with our minds. You know, be in sync with the universe. Be be everything you can be. It's, it, it sounds like it's so much work and so overwhelming, but letting go of the negativity or things that aren't working for you. I don't know how many jobs I've quit or walked away from people like we just up and quit. I'm like, yes, yes, I do. Because it's not a situation that serves me or them anymore. I'm ready to move on to something else. Um, I don't have that mindset of being stuck anymore because I felt stuck in marriage for so long. I don't with, with, um, any kind of bad things in my professional life or personal life at all anymore. I'm, I'm probably almost too much to the end of that at this point. You know, I think that once you, once you come out on the other side, you're not always willing to let certain things into your life again. And that's, that's okay. That, I mean, I think that's great. So if, if somebody were to start down this road, you know, they're listening and they're like, you know, I know I need to make a change whether they have a health problem or not, what would be the first thing you would tell them to do? I would say start with the little things you can control because there's a lot of things in life you cannot control. You know, eat something healthy and feel good. Sit and eat mindfully. Don't have the TV on. Don't have the radio on. Don't scroll through your phone. Just, you know, make a simple, you know, a salad with some berries and some nuts. You know, something simple, something, and truly enjoy it. 
you know, make little steps, um, cut out, you know, if you're a big um, fast food eater, say, okay, well, I'm going to cut down to this and then eventually cut out. You feel better about yourself. Take a walk, take a 20 minute walk after you eat. That's a big Ayurveda uh, principle. Um, I am a big fan of doing little Ayurvedic stuff. You know, buy a tongue scraper, scrape your tongue. You know, that gets rid of a lot of things. Do a hot oil massage. It's called Abhyanga. Um, before it's you take a shower fantastic. every day. And <laughs> luxurious things, but they're not expensive things. They're the things you can do for yourself. There you, you know, give yourself a talk. Give yourself what? Yeah, do some positive affirmations. Uh, give yourself a pep talk every morning. You know, okay, this day is going to be great. You know, I am a big proponent when, when Oprah came out with the attitude of gratitude. That was me. You know, I'm grateful for every single thing. Um, even, you know, and things aren't always great in my life. You know, I'm between jobs right now. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm feeling like, oh, what's going to happen? But I always know it's going to work out. You know, it's going to work out one way or the other. And you do have a choice about what you do. You know, you are the captain of your ship. You just may not feel like it right now. But there, yeah. do the little things. You know, go for a walk. That's free. Um, eat something healthy because it's, it's actually cheaper to eat healthier despite what people think I can buy organic vegetables and spend $30 a week and eat like a queen, you know, um, it really isn't that hard, <laughs> it, but it sounds daunting. You know, once you set up your pantry and you have some things, some basics like quinoa and, and brown rice and things like that, nuts and seeds and things like that, you know, you can eat really well, very inexpensively, you know, um, check out books from the library. That's, that's free. You know, do as many things to feel good about you. Start using the affirmations. You know, tell yourself, you know, pick one mantra. I do, I practice transcendental meditation. So 20 minutes a day, twice a day, I will sit and I use my mantra and just, you know, you feel, it's like taking a mini power nap. You do, you feel energized, you feel refreshed, you're collecting, you know, you're, you're tapping into the collective unconscious. I'm thinking. <laughs> so, yeah. Absolutely. You know, and transcendental meditation is wonderful, but it's expensive to learn. So if you just pop in a meditation, you know, or, or learn a few mantras on your own and just find a word, find a term. For people who can't afford to learn transcendental meditation, I'd say a good starting point is find a word that means absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing. And focus on that for 20 minutes because that allows the body and the mind to kind of reconfigure um, it's like when you're sleeping, you know, you're getting that deep rest and you are able to resolve things, you know, biochemically and, and psychologically just by tapping into the consciousness and let your body do what it needs to do. It's like a reboot. It's like a reboot. I so love reboot that. your life. I have a little meditations. I have a couple in my office. They call them my hiding spots. One's on the mm -hmm. other. I'm telling my hiding spots, but one's on the other <laughs> side of my desk. Then my office is not in here. And one is under my desk. And so I don't want anybody to know where I am, right? And I have a meditation pillow. I have crystal. I have my big yeah. gems things. I even have a little singing bowl. And I'll just be like, okay, <laughs> I need to yeah. get away from this affray at the office and have a little quiet time. Oh, yeah. you know? And I have to hide. <laughs> I think because it, they always find you <laughs> they do the other day they said i came in here to look like you were dead because 
like, well, I wasn't dead. You should have just left me alone. But anyway, <laughs> Wendy, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Um, thank you. It's been really fascinating. And um, is there any, if somebody wants to find you, do you have a website or anything yet? I know you're like, I don't know what I'm doing yet, but. I just took my website down, but you can always email me. And my email address is Wendy Siegel. So it's W-E-N-D-Y. S is in Sam, I, G is in George, L is in Larry, E is in Eagle at gmail.com. And I'm more than happy to hear from people. Oh, that's great. And Allison, what about you? And if you, you want to, to contact me, if you're, uh, you're stuck as, uh, as Wendy was and you're not quite sure, do I want to leave? Do I want to go? Again, you can either visit my website, alisonreiner.com, spelled exactly as my name here. Or you can email me at alison.s.reiner.com, uh, gmail.com, sorry. And you also can find her, she has a Facebook group, and what is it called? And, and you can come, or you could come and join my Facebook group, which is Simply Connected with Alison Reiner. All right, and you can find me, Lee, right here at my office on Gallison, unless I'm hiding, and then you can't find me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll always find you. We yeah. always know where to find you. I know. We so do that, know anyway. <laughs> so thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful day. And um, for the listeners, I hope that you got as much out of this as we did. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Everyone. Bye. Bye, Wendy. Bye.